This is the Old Radio Show's podcast. The FBI in peace and war. Another great story based on Frederick L. Collins' copyrighted book, The FBI in Peace and War. Drama, thrills, action. Tonight's story, The Schemers. Good night, Mrs. Wicker. Sorry we had to bother you at a time like this. That's all right. Can't be helped, I guess. Good night, Mrs. Wicker. Good night. We may talk to you again after we go over this notebook. Yeah, sure. Anytime you want. Thank you. Good night. Hello? Hello, Bert. It's me, Frida. Oh, hi, baby. I was going to call you this afternoon. There are two but I... FBI men just left here. They asked me a lot of questions. FBI? Yeah. They wanted to know all about that notebook at Sydney's. Well, what are you getting excited about? Not getting excited. Sure you are, ever since the funeral. I'm not getting excited, I tell you. All right, all right, take it easy. Bert, you better meet me someplace. Well, I can now, Frida, I'm all... Well, you better meet me, I gotta have somebody to talk to. I've gotta talk to somebody right away, you understand me? On the morning of May 1st, 1952, the body of Sidney Wicker... A teller in the suburban bank was found washed up on a local bathing beach. It was presumed that Wicker was a suicide when, simultaneously with the death, it was discovered that he had embezzled $39,000 of the bank's money. Since it was a national bank, our bureau was called into the case. So, then what did you tell him? Then I said, well, I knew that Sidney was betting in the horse races because they found this notebook when I was going through his desk. Mm -hmm. So how'd they take that? Oh, don't stomp here, Bert. Not by the water. Oh, now, look, Please, Frida. not on this part of the beach. Frida, I'm tired of driving around and around. You stop anywhere in the last ten miles. Why do you have to pick this one piece of the beach? Yeah, you really got it bad, haven't you? Yes. Yes, I have. Well, now, look, baby, that's no way to act. Aren't you forgetting all those things we're going to do, you and me, Frida? $25,000 tucked Is away? Is that all you can talk about, money? Oh, now, baby. What good is the money with government snoops all around the house? You knew they'd be coming in. That was the way we figured it that night. You remember? I don't remember anything. I just wish it was six months ago and you never got this idea. Me? Hey, now, wait a minute. You didn't mind seeing the money come in. What good is the money going to do? I couldn't touch it now. Bert, if you don't get away from this part of the beach, I'm going to get out and walk. I swear it. Okay. I'll go have a drink somewhere. Maybe that'll help. I don't want a drink. You're going to have one anyway. If you don't pull yourself together pretty soon, you're going to get the both of us in trouble. Although it seemed obvious that Sidney Wicker had committed suicide, a routine autopsy was performed on the body. We knew the results of this autopsy before our first visit to Mrs. Wicker. But there was much more we had to know about Wicker's activities prior to his death before we could make proper use of this information. So I said, sure, I knew Frida Wicker. Her and me have been friends practically since high school. I make all of her clothes. And she said, did you know him, Mr. Wicker? And you I... want another piece of cake, Alice? No, I haven't got time, dearie. i got to get back to the shop. How about you trying on that skirt? It's maybe going to be a little snug around the That's waist. That's all right, Alice. 
Okay. Frida, it's none of my business, but you don't want to let yourself go, dearie. Just on account of, well, everything that happened. You know what I mean? I'm trying not to. I mean, after all, it wasn't your fault him doing what he did. No, I guess it wasn't. Listen, Alice, have you got a date tonight? No, I'm not doing anything. Why? Well, I just wondered... You can say no if you want to. You want me to stay with you a couple of days? Would you, Alice? You've always been such a good friend. I, I hate to impose on you. <sighs> Go on. What's a friend for? Sure, I'll come over for the rest of the week. Thanks. Frida, what's bothering you, honey? I can't tell you now, Alice. Someday, maybe, but not now. I, I, I made a terrible mistake about something. The small notebook which Mrs. Wicker had found in her husband's desk seemed to be a record in Wicker's handwriting of the racing bets he had made over a two-year period. In tracing the embezzlement with the chief bookkeeper of the bank, it was soon apparent that all of the stolen money tallied with the bets. Yes, here it is again. He made out this check for 2000 on the 18th of September, withdrawn again from one of our dormant accounts. Here's a $2,000 bet on the 19th. He lost. Poor Sidney. Why did he ever do a thing like this? We thought you might help on that score, Mr. Morse. Did he have any known extravagances, any extramarital activities? Sidney? Oh, heavens no. He was devoted to his wife. He, he spoiled her terribly to my way of thinking. Well, do you think he might have done this for his wife? Well, that's highly possible, but then why would he kill himself? Mr. Morris, we're going to rely on your discretion because you may be able to help us. Wicker didn't commit suicide. He was dead as a result of a blow on the head before his body touched the water. What? It's very important that no one knows this, Mr. Morris. I'm sure you can understand. Well, of course, but, but that seems impossible. How, how could you tell? The examining doctors said they could tell by the chloride content of the blood in the left chamber of the heart. It's a complicated explanation, but they're always right. He was already dead. Before his body was either dropped or fell into the water. It was probably an attempt to make it look like suicide, but we're not certain. Well, but who could have... Well, Sidney was the mildest, the most innocuous. Who would want to harm a man like Sidney? That's what we're trying to find out, Mr. Morse. Could you tell us anything more about Mrs. Wicker? In what way did her husband spoil her? With the cooperation of everyone involved, we kept the manner of Wicker's death quiet, and it was still supposed that he had committed suicide. We began looking into Mrs. Wicker's background. We soon wondered about her friendship with a small-time bookmaker named Bert Haley. Well, naturally, they asked you about me. Why not? They got the notebook. You told them I was taking bets from him, and he lost all his dough on the horses. I suppose so. Matter of fact, I figured they'd want to talk to me personally sometime. So I'll let them come. I'm ready. Bert, maybe you'd better go along. It's getting late. Late? <laughs> it's 11 o'clock. Hey, what's cutting into you, Frida? You didn't used to act like this. As a matter of fact, Let baby... Let go, Bert. I don't feel like being pawed. Pawed? Oh, where do you get that stuff? You weren't singing that kind of a tune a couple of months ago, baby. Bert, please. Ah, a couple of months ago, you couldn't get away from Sydney often enough. Ah, oh, you weren't yelling about being pawed. Bert, let go! Okay. I wouldn't go near you if you were the last doll on earth. You better go home now. I've got a headache. I'll go home when I'm ready. You made a talk about something. Now let's talk about 
What about that dough you, we've got in your vault? When are you taking it out? I told you, I don't think it's safe. I don't care what you think. I never should have let you have it in the first place. It was your idea, wasn't it? You're in a safe deposit box and you made a name. All right, me. all right. We'll go get the dough tomorrow. We'll get out of here. What? Get out, we'll get out. That's what we we're going to do, wasn't it? We we're going to New York. We were going to have a big time. What did we get all that dough for? Tell me that. I wish I knew. Okay, I had enough out of you. Now, you listen to me. You get down to the vault tomorrow, you make up your mind, you're coming along with you me. You better go home I'll now. I'll go when I want I'm it. not fooling, Bert. Neither am I fooling. I'm fed up with the way this whole deal is going. Don't you tell me what to do anymore, sister. I'll tell you what to do. Understand me? The autopsy on Sidney Wicker showed that death was the result of a skull fracture which could have been caused by a blow or a fall. We wanted to know, of course, everything about Wicker's movements the night of his death. In time, we came to question Bert Haley, who, with Mrs. Wicker, was known to have been with Wicker that night. Uh, so I told him, I said, uh, Sidney, a guy with your capacity shouldn't drink that hard stuff, I said. This was at the beachside tavern? That's right. Had Mr. Wicker been drinking earlier at his home? Well, we all had a couple of quick ones before we went to the beachside. We, meaning you, Mrs. Wicker, and... Uh... And Sidney, Mr. Wicker. Yeah, that's right. Now, you say Mr. Wicker was acting strangely at the beachside tavern. What do you mean, exactly? Well, he was, uh, real down in the mouth, kind of. Uh, naturally, I didn't have any idea he was taking that money from the bank to bet on the horses, but uh, I guess that was it. You knew, of course, that he had lost over $30,000 in the past two years. Well, sure, sure, he was making all his bets with me. Yeah, I knew. Mr. Haley, could you tell us now what happened just before you went out on the beach to find Mr. Wicker? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. Well, like I said, he was feeling real down and drinking all his hard stuff. So, uh, me and Frida, uh, Mrs. Wicker, we were telling him to lay off. Well, all of a sudden, he looks at us and he says, I'm no good. No good to anybody. Then he gets up and he walks out of the place. You didn't try to stop him? Oh, not then. Mrs. Wicker, she was scared, so she asked me to go after him. Well, by the time I got out on the boardwalk, I couldn't find him. I figured maybe he took a walk down the beach or out on one of the piers, so I looked for a while and I quit. Then you went back in the tavern, waited a while, and presently took Mrs. Wicker home. That's right. All right, Mr. Haley, that's all for the present. Thanks for helping us out. It's a pleasure. Call me any time you need me. Immediately after we talked with Bert Haley, we began checking his story. We learned later that he had told the truth up to the point of Wicker's exit from the tavern. Then Bert came back and told me something bad had happened. He paid the check and went out in his car. At first he said Sidney had an accident. Oh, you poor thing. Then he told me what really happened. Mm -hmm. Sidney found out Bert was seeing me and they had a fight. Bert's terrible when he gets sore. He goes wild. And Sidney, he had all those drinks. Now, come on, cut it out. It wasn't your fault. Yes, it was. Look, dear. Alice, I, I've got to tell somebody. Yeah, sure you do. It was my fault. Sidney thought he was betting on the horses, but he wasn't. Bert was giving him these bump tips and keeping the money up. I've got 25000 of it in the bank vault now. You have it? Yes. I don't know why I ever did what Bert told me. You mean... We were taking all the money Sidney got from the bank. Bert and I were taking it. Maybe Sidney found out about that, too. Alice, 
Why? Why did I do it? What's so rotten about me? Look, honey, it's 2 a.m. Maybe we better stop talking now and get some sleep. First, I'm going to tell you what Bert did. He hit Sydney with a piece of board. He says he didn't mean to. He says he just went crazy fighting like that. After he hit Sydney, he took him out to the end of the pier and threw him in the water. Bert says he had to do that. He's got a police record and nobody would believe why did I ever get into it, Alice? That's what I keep asking myself over and over. Why? While Agent Reynolds and I were checking on Bert Haley's story, another pair of agents assigned to a surveillance of Mrs. Wicker came back with their report. Mrs. Wicker was seen to enter a local bank, go into the safety deposit section, and come out with an envelope. Haley was waiting for her in a car. The agents followed Haley's car for a short time, but presently lost it in heavy traffic. We learned very shortly of Haley's intentions. Bert, I'm tired of riding around. Can we go back now? Bert? What? I said I'm I heard you. Now, look, Frida, I don't want you to have hysterics or anything, but we're not going back. We're going to New York just like we said we would. All right, you can let me out right here. Uh-uh, you're coming along. We've got the money, Sydney's not around to bother us, nothing's in the way. This is what we said we'd do all along, now we're doing it. Did it ever occur to you that I might have changed my mind about this? Yeah, it occurred to me. All right, then. Frida, I've wasted a lot of time on you in the last two years. I figure you owe me something. You've got the money, what else do you I want? I couldn't spend that money easy if I didn't know where you were. A couple of drinks and you could start talking, maybe I'd be up the river for life. I'm not going with you, Bert. Okay, step out. I will, the first time you stop. If you try it, I'll give you a beating you'll never forget as long as you live. Bert, be reasonable. I, I, I've got a house and all my clothes. You weren't thinking I... about your house and your clothes when we were going to walk out on Sydney. At least let we're me on go our get... way to New York, Frida. You better get used to the idea. When Mrs. Wicker failed to return to her house and Haley had checked out of the hotel where he was living, we sent out an alarm for them. But more than a month passed before we found out what had happened. The local police had kept a watch on Mrs. Wicker's house and one night they picked up a woman who had entered the house with a key. The woman was Alice Gibbons, a dressmaker. Agent Reynolds and I were allowed to question her immediately. That's all I tell you. I was just getting her clothes. And she told me she wanted them fixed up. When did she tell you this? Before she left. Where is Mrs. Wicker now? H how would I know? Since you have the key to her house, you must know quite a good deal about her. Or do you have the key without permission? She gave it to me when I used to come over and stay with her. Are you sure, Miss Gibbons? Of course I'm sure. The last time she wrote, she told me I could... She wrote to you recently? No. Uh, she told me before she left. Miss Gibbons, it's going to be a lot easier if you tell us the truth. I'm telling you the truth. Just after Mr. Wicker was killed, she gave me the key. She was scared of being alone. Didn't Mr. Wicker commit suicide, Miss Gibbons? Huh? What did you just say about Mr. Wicker? Nothing. I didn't say anything. Miss Gibbons, we're going to take a break for a few minutes and let you think this over. But before we go, I'd better tell you the penalties for aiding a person wanted by the government. <laughs> Where are you going? Just thought I'd get a breath of air. You don't need any. I'll take you out later. 
Oh, Bert. Sit down, read a magazine or something. Bert, I'm not going to run away. I couldn't go back home now. All right, then sit down and shut up till I finish this game. And don't start bawling again. I'm sick of it. Bert, why do you hold on to me like this? I'm no good to you. You bet your life you're not. Give me a little of the money. Give me 500 and I'll go to my sister out in Arizona. I wouldn't give you the time of day. Now, shut up. Bert! And stop blubbering, you hear me? I can't. I'm trying, but I can't. All right, I'll help you. Oh! That's better. Go in and wash your face. You look terrible. But go on. I'm going out. You're not oh! going anywhere, you hear me? I know you're hurting me. You hear me? Please, Bert, stop it. You hear what I say? You're not going anywhere till I'm ready. Yeah, who is it? Telegram, Mr. Haley. Okay, just a second. Go in the other room and wash your face. Okay, son, let me... Oh. oh. Well, hello there. Hello, Haley. Put your hands up and keep them there. Hey, fellas, what is... What We're is taking this? you in, Haley. Where's Mrs. Wicker? Oh, you mean Mrs. Haley. She's just inside getting fixed up. Hey, now, look. We don't need any guns. What is this? Hey, Frida, look look who's here. A couple of friends of ours. I want to make a statement. Frida, you... He killed my husband in a fight and threw him off a pier. I made my husband steal the money from the bank, and then we took it from him. There's still 15000 left. It's in that drawer there. Call the house, Dr. Dave. Okay. Sit down, Haley. And don't open your mouth when she comes to. We want to hear her story. Frida Wicker Haley turned state's evidence and voluntarily testified against Bert Haley. At the trial, Haley's lawyer convinced the jury that Haley's assault of Wicker was unpremeditated, and the jury returned a verdict of murder in the second degree. Mrs. Wicker was charged with aiding the embezzlement and concealing Haley's part in Wicker's death. Haley was sentenced to life imprisonment. Frida Wicker Haley to ten years on both counts. Our books are closed on The Schemers. In tonight's story, Elspeth Eric played the part of Frida Haley and Grant Richards was Bert Haley. This radio dramatization for the FBI in Peace and War was written by Louis Pelletier. These programs are produced and directed by Betty Mandeville. All names and characters used on the program are fictitious. Any similarity to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. This program is based upon Frederick L. Collins' copyrighted book, The FBI in Peace and War, and the broadcast does not imply endorsement, authorization, or approval by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Pause now for station identification.